Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like MLB's new pants, constantly showing our ass. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Vincent. Text or call us at 848-48-BIRDS. Hambone, how you doing? There's 88. real baseball. We've got baseball on our TVs. How you We've feeling? We've got baseball. How about you? Uh, it's great. It's great. We love it. Um, we are talking about that. I just paid for MLB.TV for the upcoming year. I sprung wow. for that Rockies package because... Um, I'm a sucker, I guess. As I was going to say, like, I like it in principle. We've talked a lot about the the ever-changing landscape of streaming baseball wow. on this show. But doesn't it does it feel a little bad to have to pay extra for the Rockies? Wow. Don't you feel like you should get a refund for watching wow. the Rockies? I, I, well, I'm just stuck on this, you know, in this in this wave of this digital transformation and <laughs> uh, it's it's ones I, and I mean, zeros and such. <laughs> uh yeah, no, I mean it's a it, it, is it a ripoff? Um, for the quality of baseball that I will be receiving for that 40 or 50 bucks I just threw at Dick Monfort, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that a good deal to watch in-market games? Um, I think so. I, yeah. I, you know, This is the first year it was offered, uh, so I decided to try it out. And so you're, you're paying the, was it 150-ish for MLB TV, and then you're so, paying an additional 50 for the like blackout resistance. Correct. So if you just want the Rockies, it's 100 bucks. If you want to add it onto your MLB.tv package, it's it was forty or fifty. I can't remember. I just paid for it and I can't remember. But forty or fifty bucks. Um, obviously, I can't watch Rockies games uh, and I can't watch Cardinals games when the Rockies are in St. Louis. So um, I, you know, and I watch some. I watch Rockies games. There's you know, there's I, I watch a lot of baseball and there's a lot of competitive yeah. baseball and I have a, obviously an a, a affiliation with the Rockies. Um, but I kind of want to just try it out and I also want this to be a thing i i want i i i I, every team should do this like full stop that should just be the way that baseball works i would imagine if if this continues to go well and they get good subscriber numbers this will be sort of um you know justifying that direction yeah so i think it's uh and maybe chris bryant will have a nice year maybe Brenton doyle has a bat um, and mm-hmm. not just a glove. Uh, maybe Nolan Jones. Nolan Nolan Jones is going to be good. I, I think Nolan Jones is going to be an all star this year. Yeah, um, the thing with the Rockies is they're never good as a team, but because of the the ballpark factors and and there's seemingly reasonable player development on the offensive side. There's usually at least a few fun players, even if the Rockies are bad. There are. Uh, their player dev really has not been good recently. And Nolan Jones was somehow plucked from the guardians who need a power hitting outfielder. I don't know what the guardians were doing there. Um, but if you look closely, they haven't really developed a above average position player in a minute. Like I guess Ryan McMahon is the only thing that kind of breaks that, but yeah, they really haven't. Tovar maybe, seems maybe fun. Tovar could pop. Brendan Rodgers yeah. could pop, 
Um, yeah. Saying that like one for years, though. Brit, yeah, Brit, uh, Brenton Doyle could pop. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the list of failed prospects. I mean, Zach Veen's uh, uh, status has taken a huge dip, yeah. deep, uh, dip recently, and you know their pitching staff. And well, yeah, it's 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 sad over here. Yeah. Well, speaking of bad teams, you told me you want to talk about the A's. Some okay. More. Yes. So, and we'll get we'll get into Cardinals baseball shortly after this, but. You and I are a couple of baseball freaks, right? We uh-huh. spend time just looking at fan graphs and baseball reference yes, um, to a degree that is unhealthy and, and probably makes our life partners very worried about us on a day-to-day <laughs> basis. So anyways, Jason Stark, he's doing like his, his uh, 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 big season preview, interviewing players, doing all these questions. And I heard him speaking in an interview and talking about the idea that he is also baseball obsessed, obviously, and he could not name six players on the A's. So I sat here, no cheating. I was able to get to five. Okay. And I was curious if on air you could do this and name six players on the six. A's 26 man roster that we expect to be on the big league club. So no, no prospects, people that, uh, and I'll have roster resource up in front of me to check you. And I, I just sat in my basement racking my brain and like i said i was only <laughs> able to get to five i'll tell you who those five were after your try um but okay. yeah I'll, I'll, I'll hand it over to you to see if you Ooh. can do this on the it is six man is tough because is there's a hard. few guys that i know that i'm not sure their current status so i guess you can tell me if they count or not but there are yeah. there are a few that immediately come to mind okay uh, but six is tough yes um and i hope if you're out there listening you can you play along too and let us know if you were able to get to six um okay Zach Geloff. Great. Shay Langoliers. Great. I did not get Shay Langoliers on my own. So good. Good job. Estieri Ruiz. Yep. Is Brent Rooker with them? Brent Rooker. He came out of nowhere last year. You're at four. Okay. Is Mason Miller on their 26 man? Mason Miller. Mason Miller. Mason Miller. No. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Good. I, okay. I've never heard of him. He was their closer or is projected to be him. their closer. Yeah. Uh, okay. W- one more, Nate. One more. Is Tyler Soderstrom on their 26? Very good. Very hey. good. So All you got right. six. Can you can you name any more? Can you keep going? Oh my God. Uh I have yet to name a starting pitcher. Um oh, man. I don't know. I I don't think I can. Not not yeah. under this sort of pressure. Um, it, is Ryan? It, wait, is Ryan Noda? Ryan Noda, very good. Okay. That, so that was one that I got. Okay. Um, I, uh, I I just like his walk. Uh, he walks a lot, and that's that's yeah. exciting. Well, I got to seven. Yeah, yeah. I I think you did great. Like so, I got I did Ryan Noda, Zach Eloff, uh, Brent Rooker, uh, Tyler Soderstrom, and Estuary Ru Estu okay. Estuary Ruiz. And man, there's just a lot of guys. Miguel Andujar, that's kind of a name. Oh, He's on yeah. this team. Aledmiz yeah. Diaz is back. I cannot um, believe Aledmiz is still in the majors. No disrespect no. to him. It's just it. he was a great Cardinal. It's just that was like 10 years ago when he left yeah. the Cardinals. So you just, I didn't expect him to be a guy who stayed in the league for as long as he has. Yeah. Um, middle infield and good contact. That'll keep you yeah. around. Their starting five uh, of pitching is J.P. Sears, Paul Blackburn, Alex Wood, Ross Stripling, and Luis uh, Medina, Um, which I'm sure you know Alex Wood and Ross Stripling. J.P. Sears and Paul Blackburn are like Uh, 
I know those A's guys. Names, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I, I would have never pulled them. But uh, I think he did a great job. Um, Scott Alexander, maybe the only other one that uh, uh, you could probably guess because he's been a decent reliever for a minute. He was with the Royals and the uh, the Dodgers. Um, let's see. J.J. Bladé, remember him? He used oh, to be yeah. a he big was, deal. Yeah, he had a pretty good... It was like two months last year where it looked yeah. like he was really popping and then it kind of collapsed. It was uh, the J.J. Bladé, J.J. Bladé trade with A.J. Puck. Yes. What a, a J. Bladé, AJ Bladé AJ trade Puck. with A.J. Puck. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, That's looking great for the Marlins. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to see how you would do. And again, I think you did great. Thanks. You, you, you went to seven. I could... I, Tyler Soderstrom came to me as I was like walking around the house. I think I was like cleaning <laughs> an apple or something. And I was like, Tyler Soderstrom. Um, yeah. Cause he might be a thing. He might, he might, he, be. he has potential to be a good player, but this uh, is where I, I know I probably talk about it too much, but this is where being in the dynasty fantasy baseball really helps me because like, you know, every team at least has some guys that are interesting and then also just being into a lot of baseball. Yeah. Um, but I think everyone I named is like, someone who is has the chance to be fantasy relevant so i know about yeah him. um abraham toro is their starting third baseman right now that's the kind of spot that the a's are in yeah, um it's gonna be rough but uh, and they're okay. gonna be playing at like a kid's park and uh, you know down somewhere like in a neighborhood of san francisco or something i don't know yeah it's you know it's hey rough. uh uh jenny canvar uh kavnar is doing a bunch of interviews right now she's yeah. An exciting thing in A's land. Um, we'll see what happens. Well, Ben, this is a Cardinal podcast. Yeah. And move, move along. We have been, we've been just at, we've been calling for it, crying out for, for Mo to get that old checkbook out and just do one more free agent signing. That's Daddy all. Mo, Daddy Mo, please, please. Oh, Daddy Mo, twirl your little bow tie and give us another <laughs> signing. And boy, did he deliver. Did he not, Ben? This is the week oh, wow. we've all been waiting for. Yeah. The one last cherry on top. The one last free agent signing. It's done. We have ourselves a complete 2024 squad. That's right. Brandon Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious how long you're going to do that for <laughs> the missing Randy link Crawford. Yeah. The missing link. Uh, multiple times world series champion, Ben MVP time all-star gold yep. glove winner. He's got MVP votes up and down. Uh, he is going to be 37. Is that true? Is he? Yeah. yeah I think he so. just yeah. turned 37 He's fitting so right in, right in be, with the squad. He'll be 37 all year. Um, he is expected to serve as the backup shortstop behind rookie Mason Wynn. Uh, while uh, obviously the team is awaiting clarity on Tommy Edmond, you assume that he was going to be the backup shortstop prior to this happening. You, you would probably have like Dylan Carlson play center, shift Tommy Edmond down to short whenever Mason Wynn, you know, inevitably needs a day off or uh, right. uh, whatever might happen with him this year. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think it's, I don't think we're going to break any news on Brandon Crawford. He's been in the league for 13 years. Um, he's been arguably uh, one of the bigger stars of baseball for the last 13 years. Um, uh, just yeah, because I mean, of a, the team that he's been on and, and the impact that he had a made man in San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a extremely talented defense shortstop who has, 
he, he kind of yachtied a little bit. He like I was going to say the same thing. Such a good defensive player. And then the bat came around and it came in like fits and spurts and he was recreating himself. And, you know, he, he was playing for power. He was playing for average. He was playing for walks and, and kind of it, like one of those guys who didn't just come up crushing, but was able to tinker and turn himself into a valuable uh, offensive player. But um, I, I think Mo and Co. <laughs> deserve some derision for this move um, because it is another old player. Um, you are moving Jose, Jose Fermin probably off the 26-man roster to take this spot, um, which I do think talent-wise is, is pretty much a one-to-one. I don't think Jose Fermin is going to change the game for the Cardinals. Um, but I think you could argue that why go sign Brandon Crawford when you have Jose Fermin at home, that, that I would hear that. Um, he's a fine defensive player, but I, 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 I'm trying to be on Mo's side here. It does make sense to me that you would want a left-handed compliment, a extremely sure-handed glove man backing up your super high ceiling, really, really exciting 21 year old fireballing 2020 potential shortstop. Like, yeah. Who do you want Mason Wynn learning from this year to develop over the next five or six years? Brandon Crawford is a great person to do that. He is, he, he's been there. He's done that. He's done it on winning teams. He's built himself into a good hitter. All those things we were just talking about. If Mason Wynn can soak that in for this year, maybe it's worth 2 million bucks in a roster spot. I don't know. Yeah. I, I do believe, and this is purely anecdotal narrative type stuff, but I do believe that baseball players make other baseball players better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that the other night around the like the there's the like the hitting begets hitting or hitting is contagious sort of thing that like gets thrown around a lot in baseball where, you know, it, it certainly seems like it it all comes in bunches together and the guys will talk about that too, about how like you see someone in front of you get a hit and that sort of pumps you up and, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure to some degree there's an inverse on the pitcher. You give up a hit and, you know, you feel that a little bit. And then one thing leads to another and you, and you have a big inning and it's a, and it's a collapse. So, so like, you know, I, I think we are a, an analytics first podcast, but like, and, and we kind of like to laugh about a lot of the narrative stuff, but there's obviously some reality to it. Um, we're, you know, we're humans you can't deny the sort of emotional impact yeah. um, we, you know, people can have on each other, both positive and negatively. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I think the, the, like in a, like a lot of the Cardinal signings this year, like in a vacuum, this one is fine to me. Um, you need a backup for win because of the Edmund situation. Why not go and get, one of the most famous shortstops in baseball right now who yeah. you know will give you a professional at bat though it's unlikely to end very well you're at least not hoping for a young guy who's never really been in the league to to like use minimum at bats to both yeah. develop and hopefully produce with Brandon Crawford you're just hoping for production to some degree you don't have to worry about the sort of development side and then 
he's going to be a fine shortstop. The defensive metrics are kind of all over the place with him. Um, but you can't deny that. Like he, he, I think he's going to be sort of like the, the Paul, the young type. He's not going to make a lot of errors, yeah. but he might not do anything particularly flashy. And, uh, to me, like the big question is what happens when Tommy Edmond comes back is, uh, brand Brandon Crawford now just a lock for the whole year. Uh, you know, with that, assuming no, like crazy where he's just completely awful out there. Is he just yeah. locked in? And then that brings in like the broader problem that this is, is that kind of felt like we already had the discussion about a 26th man. Who's only going to play a little bit and uh, be more about developing your younger players and uh, having a positive impact in the dugout uh, a la Matt Carpenter. So now we have two of those guys. Um, arguably Crawford has a way more of a purpose than Matt Carpenter For sure. all due respect to our, uh, to, you know, Matt Carpenter, but like this, really does kind of wreck the bench. Not that it was a huge step over Jose Fermin, but there was at least that space for someone on the bench. We now have three left-handers on the bench. Um, only one of them may be good at the plate with Alec Burleson, and even he needs his time, you know? So, like, I'm not looking forward to it being uh, the sixth inning, bases loaded, and our pinch hitter number one is... I guess Alec Burleson. Okay, that might be not too bad. Yeah. Uh, but then what? Matt Carpenter, and then Brandon Crawford. You know, it's that that will wear on a team over time, and that again speaks to the broader um, construction of the roster that I that I think this symbolizes a a problem. But in and of itself, you know, they're saying all the right things. This is Wynn's job. He has it. It's his to lose. Crawford is there as a backup and to help him learn. Crawford is saying the right things. He knows his position. Uh, I don't know if you saw this before, um, but Derek Gould was was putting out a story that uh, 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 Mason Wynn was informed of the upcoming signing before it happened, which, hey, that's great. We don't get a lot of good communication stories from the St. Louis Cardinals. So it's right. nice to see that, uh, you know, he was brought into the, into the situation before it was made public. That seems like a step up. Um, but you know, he, after he was told he went and did a bunch of research on Brandon Crawford, he said it sort of lit a fire under him and he went out and got three hits, stole a base, looked yep. great at shortstop. So like, there's a world where this all makes sense and is good. And Brandon Crawford is only there for a little bit. And who knows, maybe regardless of performance, he's gone by May or June. Cause Tommy Edmond is, is here, or maybe he uh, finds something, you know, in, in his twilight years of his career. And he's actually a really good sort of super utility guy. I, I don't know. I, I'm trying not to get too like opinionated in either direction of this. Cause it really, it is a backup middle infielder, you right. know? So it's, it's it's not that big of a deal, but it is hilarious that it's another guy in his late thirties who was really good like ten years ago, uh, and and the Cardinals pounced on him. They were like, "Everyone, get out of my my way! I have to go sign this guy whose mm -hmm. backup infielders are flying off the board." Um, I do think, I, I think you're a little wrong. I think Brandon Crawford is going to be here for all of 2024, unless his bat is completely gone. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think he'll stick around, but I, uh, I think that it's everything you said 
um, um, the, the, uh, firing up of win, the, uh, training of win, all of that stuff is involved. I also think it's back to the leadership conversation. This is the, this is why everyone that they brought in is over 30 is because of quote unquote leadership issues. So I think this is part of that same thing. Um, I do think, you know, if you're looking for a sliver of optimism in the Brandon Crawford, uh, signing, I do think it's interesting to point out that he did have a really, really nice year in 2021, which isn't that far, uh, uh, far off. It wasn't that long ago, but he had a 961 OPS against right-handed pitching. Um, so if he can stay healthy in limited time and hit right-handed pitching to a certain degree, essentially give Mason win a day off his feet once a week or once every other week, go in against a tough righty, not be terrible against that person. And then also coach Mason went up. It's a fine signing. I agree with what you're saying though. Like what if, what if the Cardinals are in a scenario where Matt Carpenter and Brandon Crawford are hitting every day because of injuries and mm-hmm. we're in a really, really bad spot and there's no upside really um, right. other than leadership and maybe, you know, a professional at bat. Ooh, itty gritty, you know, they're, they're, they're going to rub some, they're going to be rubbing some dirt on it all day. Does Brandon Crawford wear batting gloves? Uh, yes, he does. Actually, he's, he's all swagged out. He's got the hair, he's got the headband, he's got the armbands. Yeah, he's, he's, him and Brendan Donovan. I need to see him and Donovan standing next to each other. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, it, it's a weird move. It's, yeah. I for and for what it's worth though, other than just rolling with Fermin, yeah. like if they really wanted to go or since they really wanted to go out and get a backup shortstop, there it's not like there was some glowing, obvious, perfect option out there. Um, there were a bunch of other middle infielders that are all being kind of signed right now. Well, like, wouldn't Nick Ahmed be a better pick because he's like an ace defensive shortstop? Yeah. Like he is a gold glove, multiple gold glove winning, like one of the better short defensive. He can't hit anymore, but yeah. Well, I wonder what, you know, these things are always easier in a vacuum, but I do wonder like, you know, this position is being pitched out of the gates as a backup to someone we hope who will play 160 games, you know? So it's like, if you're really hoping to get some playing time, this would not be the opportunity yeah. for you. Whereas Crawford, you could see like, well, he's, he's made his bag. He's, you know, he might be the, this is the right time for this sort of thing, you know, for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. We can uh, uh, put a button on this really quick. I, I did want to point out um, that the giants, his team, his legacy team are starting Marco Luciano, uh, who is a highly ranked prospect, Yeah, but a righty, with almost no experience in the big leagues and his team, his former team decided to sign Nick Ahmed and send Brandon Crawford out. So take that for whatever it is. It's not not my favorite thing, but uh, I want to read a quote. Oh, sorry. Just the giants are in such a weird spot because I don't think that they can really legitimately consider themselves contenders for the NL West with, uh, with the Dodgers, you know, and the Diamondbacks are on the rise. And so maybe they just have like a higher appetite to let their prospect just, you know, go regardless. And the the Cardinals feel this immense pressure to like, 
we cannot have a black hole on this team yeah. in 2024. Like we have to have solutions. Yeah. Um, and, and the Giants, they're starting Jordan Hicks, who had a nice first start of spring training the other day. I don't know if you saw that, but yeah. they're really, maybe, I don't know, maybe they have some higher upside than you're giving them. I don't know. They won 107 games in 22 with, or was that 21 with like, yeah. with like nobody. So yeah. I don't want to discount the Giants. You never know. You uh, never know. Yeah, never uh, know. A couple of quotes. John Mosellock said on Monday, it was something we had been thinking about just to make sure we had some depth there, but also bringing someone with Crawford's resume and what he's been able to accomplish. We think he'll be a great resource for Mason as he continues to develop. And then Crawford followed that up by adding, I know shortstop is supposed to be Wynn's job, and I'm here to help him out in any way that I can. So, yeah. You're talking about communication. Maybe the Cardinals learned something from last year, but it seems like everybody's on the same page. Yeah. And I would imagine, you know, it's two million bucks to Crawford. Obviously not a large investment. And it sounds like they were pretty clear on the conversation of, hey, we want you here doing this. Uh, you and Matt Carpenter can goof on the bench as long as you're doing the thing pregame, getting the guys ready, leading the clubhouse and pinch hitting. Um, it is a weird way to build a team, though. Uh, yeah. Uh, like if I was, if I'm playing the show, I'm not doing this. Um, <laughs> but I feel know. like if, if Mosaic were a uh, Marvel character, he'd be the collector. You know, he's just out there collecting all his old trinkets, oh, all his little, all his old guys, you know? Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. You didn't like that? Uh, I didn't like your little creepy hand movements that you were doing <laughs> that only I got to see. That was just for you, Ben. It was disgusting. I did not like that. But uh, yeah, sure. Mo's the collector of um, what was once great, what was once shiny, what was once an all-star. Yeah, I Mo think. Mo says, come on down. The last time the Cardinals had like a truly elite regular season would be, what, 2015 when yeah. they won 100 games? Yeah. So I think he might just be stuck in you know 2015 you, you think he's got year. spreadsheets that are just like not being or like he hasn't like clicked the next tab uh, <laughs> on the bottom of the excel file and he's just looking at 2015 numbers lance lynn just had a great year <laughs> crawford for two million this is a steal have you seen this kid sunny gray yeah well so we like the sunny gray signing we like the sunny gray we like it we like it um, speaking of Sonny Gray, uh, we'll move away from anything else. We don't need to say anything about, no, about Brandon good. Crawford. Okay. Yeah. Um, it'll be fun to see him in Cardinal red. Uh, Ali Marmol and the Cardinals have announced that Sonny Gray has officially been named the St. Louis Cardinals opening day starter. How do you feel, Nate? Yeah. I mean, like there, there's such a massive, uh, you know, gulf in between him and the rest of the rotation it's not surprising but it's still fun you always want to know yeah. who's your opening day starter it's 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 a uh you know a mark of honor the page and, has uh, been turned yeah yep it's sunny gray's rotation guy. to lead yeah. yeah um yeah i yeah i don't know if there should really be a i mean i'm looking forward to that opening day game what you know we'll get uh was it gonna be has have the dodgers announced is it glass now as their opening day starter that's a great question. I would guess they would go to the big money guy, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Oh yeah. Duh. Um yeah. I don't know. Who would you start? We don't really know much about Yamamoto. I'd probably go Glass now if I was if I was Dave. I Roberts. feel like I'd go Glass now too, but um I don't know. Like this opening day is also such a showcase of, you know, your your 
and for them it's a home opener right and yeah. so it wouldn't it would make sense probably to do yamamoto yeah so in some form or fashion the cardinals are going to draw yamamoto glass now and bobby miller to start the year off yeah. uh and we will counter that with sunny gray miles michaelis and lance lynn uh i'm gonna guess gibson gets the three spot but really I don't and know. then lynn starts the home opener that would be fun yeah if I don't know if they're coming home right after that, but no, uh, I don't think they are. They are not. Okay. Um, but yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. Michaelis or Lynn for the home opener would be my guess. Michaelis says the like, here's our guy. He's been our guy. Lynn yeah. for remember him. Um, yep. Maybe it could line up where gray also starts a home opener, which would sort of same thing, but um, it's probably not too difficult to actually figure out if either of you, if either of us would look at the schedule um nah i refuse to do that <laughs> actually nate i'd rather do anything than look at the <laughs> schedule right now wow um so yeah we've we've uh had some games though we've what have been your uh games. what what are you seeing out of this first week of cardinal baseball oh, wow they're really slapping the ball around the park um wow. and only team who hasn't hit a home run yet <laughs> that is funny isn't it uh yeah. but you know what after uh, last year's winning the uh, uh, the league in, in spring training, I think I'm fine with kind of sputtering and, and figuring it out. But not not that it all really matters, but just for the sake of you know, good luck and bad luck. Uh, you you mentioned this already, but Mason Wynn, uh, he missed the first game, the first two games played uh, the the day after that on Sunday, and he came out hit went three for three, stole a base, made a ridiculous throw from shortstop. Yeah. Um, and looked like the future just out of the gates. It was really, really exciting. Yeah, a lot of fun. It was, it was last week we talked about who we're most excited for in spring training, and and Win was sort of my main pick. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, immediately you're like, all right, this is what when you know this is what it could look like. This guy is just sort of all over the place. Uh, maybe not crushing the ball, but you know, driving oh. it into the gap. Uh, you know, he's yeah, fast. He didn't, didn't hit a ball over the wall, but he was lining those pitches yeah. pretty well. And you could see the the new swing where he kind of like uh, he, he almost rotates his body towards the catcher and coils up and then goes. And, uh, um, you know, maybe maybe that's helping him. Maybe that's adding a little bit of power. I know that him and Walker were adding strength this offseason. Uh, you know, they're still babies. So becoming men and, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think it was very, babies very becoming exciting. men. Okay. <laughs> Why'd you yell that at me? Um, but it's yeah, my, yeah, it's my favorite, uh, nineties R and B group. Oh, boys, the men babies becoming men. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> um, Nolan Arenado. <laughs> he, uh, he's come out looking, uh, came out looking really great. He's already got four hits, um, yeah. against only one strikeout, uh, the arm looks there. He's he's playing good defense. I think um all I'm eyes really, on Nolan. I'm really year, buying right? the narrative around Nolan right now where uh, I think Lars Newbar famously said uh, an angry Nolan is uh is a scary Nolan. Something uh-huh. something to that. Um I don't know. It, it it just I know we're 2 seconds into spring training. Um but the man is insane and I I'm going to bet on him bouncing back. I think he's going to have a really nice year and he's already hot. Yeah. Yeah. Is there no there there? I don't think there's a player on the team with a, a more clear 
like need for a defining season. And this is, well, ra- rather, I think this season is going to be defining in either way. But is it defining that uh, Arenado has entered into the regression part of his career and now we need to be ready for a reduced offensive Arenado and with the possibility of defensive slumps? Or was last year truly just a uh, maelstrom of shit? And it touched wow. everybody, including so evocative. Uh, and Arenado being one of the biggest victims of that. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, you and I are both uh, you know, very optimistic that that Arenado will will return to form. Um, but it it is a question, right? It's not the most uncommon thing for even the best of players to get into their 30s and start to take a step back. Um, yeah. So I, we'll see. I so and uh, you're 100 percent right. I just don't see Nolan falling off of a cliff because his game is so well rounded and so high level that right. it's, it'd be very hard for me to imagine that he can't play defense anymore, even at like an above average level. I'm not saying he needs to be. I think he Brian Hayes has taken over as the best third baseman in baseball, and we can all make peace with that. Uh, but I don't think that means that Nolan is now bad at defense. I just right. think he's the second or third best defensive sh- uh, uh, third baseman in baseball. Yeah. Um, I also think like he doesn't strike out a lot. Um, he has very good contact skills. He has the ability to go the other way, maybe not with power, but I could see him kind of, you know, as his game starts to slip to be a guy who keeps a pretty high average, doesn't strike out a lot and is maybe, you know, racking up, doubles uh singles and doubles rather than homers all yeah. the time but that's well, we, still a valuable player absolutely well especially if his defense maybe again yeah like you said not best in baseball but if he's still a top tier third baseman you don't even need the offensive pro- profile to be what it was for him still to be very valuable but of course his value was that he was also elite offensively um high well, average high power everything I mean, that's why he's going to be in the hall of fame someday right because he yeah. was just good at everything for yeah. a decade plus um, uh, and I think there's, it's, it's fair to, to possibly pull some narrative stuff on his, uh, on his season last year. You know, we, we did a couple deep dives and we know that basically he was expanding his zone in a way that he never really had before. Yeah. He was swinging and missing at low and outside in a way that he never really had before. And if you think of, uh, how the Cardinal season went and his role on the team, I, I don't think it's a huge stretch to say that maybe he was pressing in a way that he right. had not done before. Um, or maybe it's oh. just his bat speed is down and his eye, you know, his uh, decision quality has reduced, which is a standard part of aging. But yeah. I don't know. I think it, he's not he's only what, 31, 32 that you would expect there to still be some more time. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be fine. And again, I'll just echo. I think an angry Nolan is a scary Nolan yeah. for the rest of the league. And I think he's going to. I think he's primed for a, a great year. I'm very excited for it. Same. Um, a couple of pitchers that I wanted to bring up. Obviously, it's early. Nobody has thrown over two innings, I don't think, yet. Um, so everybody's still, you know, just kind of getting their their feet wet. Uh, but I wanted to talk about Tinkens, Cooper Jerpy, and Riley O'Brien as kind of the, the standouts. Uh, not necessarily have they been the most successful pitchers in spring, but I think they have had the most eye-popping stuff and the stuff that has gotten me most excited. Tink Hentz 
Um, he walked three guys in two innings. He also struck out four guys. Yeah. Uh, he was looking like a top prospect, a guy with electric stuff. He's looking a little larger, a little more built out, which I think is, you know, kind of a concern with him, a smaller flamethrowing righty. Um, but he really impressed me so far. I'll be curious to see how his next start goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of eyes, uh, a lot of eyes on Teen Kins right now. Um, I, I'm hopeful that we're we're seeing Major League Teen Kins this year. It wouldn't be the most surprising thing. Um, I, I think he could. He obviously has the stuff. It's it's just kind of the the little things outside of that. Can he go through a rotate a, a lineup the second time? Can he stay healthy? Can he keep yeah. his velo up? All that stuff. Um. Cooper Jerpy, I, uh, so, you know, they're tr- still stretching him out as a starter, which I think makes sense. Yeah. Uh, there's been some comparisons, you know, he's fully healthy now. There's been some comparisons to Chris sale, um, which I don't think he'll be Chris sale. Cause he doesn't have that kind of high octane stuff, but coming that far out from the left side, having the fastball slider combo. Um, he also is somebody who came out two innings, struck out four guys, walked a couple, uh, was a little all over the place, but his stuff was the best that I have seen it um, in his, you know, short career. He's 23 years old, but yeah. so far, so good. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to read, I've, I've mentioned this guy before. Um, his name is Michael Halpern. He's a fantasy baseball writer, but he really um, focuses on the underlying metrics with players. And so I think it, it can be useful for even non-fantasy fans. Um, so I thought I'd read this real quick. Uh so it looks like Jerpy might have finally found a little extra velocity. The sinker was sitting a respectful 92.1 miles per hour after sitting high 80s, low 90s in 23. That would be enough with his funky lefty delivery. It doesn't look like the control has taken a step forward, but we'll take uh, we'll take one improvement at a time. He needs to maintain it over longer outings, but the arrow is pointing up for Jerpy early, which yeah. uh, we love to see, right? We love to see it. Where does he fit onto the team? Is he going to actually be a starter? He makes so much sense out of the bullpen. Obviously, I'll, if he can develop into a starter, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that. That's well, good news. It makes sense to keep him as, for going as a starter for as long as possible, and only convert to bullpen when there's a bullpen need. Um, because I'd like to see him continue to develop as a starter. Yeah. And uh, they have signed so many guys for the bullpen this year. Um, it feels unnecessary to convert someone like him into the bullpen already. Um, hopefully, if he does go into the bullpen, it is you know a la a Lance Lynn, Carlos Martinez type, where like they just want his arm in the majors, but right. the long term plan is still the still the uh, rotation. Yeah, and then Riley O'Brien, who is he's yeah. one of those guys. He's twenty nine year old. He's from Seattle, organi- uh, from the Mariners. Um, you know, there's, he had a semi-viral clip of him at, uh, was it tread or driveline or whoever throwing like easy 99. Um, and you know, he's a little all over the place, but he's looked really, really good so far. He's only thrown two innings. And I, I have a feeling, um, this early in spring training that he is going to be that dark horse guy that makes the 26 man roster just because his stuff is so electric. Yeah, I mean, we, we've said it before. There's so many sort of dart throws with this bullpen that 
Like it's hard to predict which names are going to be the ones that really pop in uh, in spring. But Riley O'Brien is as good a guess as any. And at least early results seem, seem like he might be he might be one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, Do you see uh, Kittredge was sitting 98 also? Man, he, he's going to be Dude. really good. I everybody was all on, you know, high on Palacios, which I get super fun. Like the only fun thing that happened for the Cardinals in, in September yeah. last year, basically. Uh, I get it, but I I said it when it happened and uh, seeing the early results. As long as Kittredge stays healthy, I think we are all going to be very happy with that trade. Well, you know, it's funny, too, about Palacios, who I yeah, agree with everything you said. He is currently not projected to be on the 26-man roster for the Rays. No. And he wouldn't um, have been on the Cardinals either. You right. Know? So. so if Andrew Kittredge can be a legitimate seventh, eighth inning weapon and Palacios, obviously you have extra control um, with them and, and defensive uh, uh, versatility, but this seems like a slam dunk really, really early, of course, yeah. but uh, well, it's all about risk too. I mean, again, yeah. it's one season of a reliever. So Kittredge could, uh, you know, miss two months and all of a sudden you've gotten 30 innings out of him for, yep a fourth outfielder, which can be valuable at, yeah. at like an organizational level. Um, but I think a, a, a risk worth taking. And uh, I would say it's a really good trade. I hope the outcome keeps it that way. Um, you know, we'll see how the results go, but uh, early results, I think it's looking pretty good. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I'll just say Ryan Fernandez really impressed me in his first uh, couple of innings, uh, getting our eyes on him. Um Wilking Rodriguez looked healthy and strong, uh, as he always does. Um, he's another guy that I could see cracking the bullpen. Um, who else? John King has gotten his ass handed to him a little bit. It's, <laughs> yes. it's only been a minute. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see. He'll, he'll obviously have a longer runway than just, uh, two innings. Um, Giorgio, Jojo Romero looked really great. Just a lot of, um, I mean, we've talked about it all off season. There's a lot of stuff in this bullpen. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really just going to be upon, you know, Mo and uh, Ollie to pick the right guys at the right time and ride the hot hand and everything. But uh, I mean, Ke- uh, Keenan Middleton also looked good. Everyone's there's a lot of a lot of scary guys out there. Yeah, I agree. So good to good to get actual box scores. We've only really had a handful of games. So, um, yeah, this next week, things are going to really start ramping up. I'm excited. We got uh, Yeah, we saw Miles pitch today. That was happening right before we started recording. Yep. He looked all right. Um, yeah, I'm, I am I mean, it's really the, the hitters I'm just not so worried about. Uh, obviously, I want to see progression from Mason Wynn and Jordan Walker, but I'm just I'm going to be obsessed with pitching all spring training. Yeah, which is also like the hardest thing to watch in spring training because it, it can be all over the place, sometimes almost intentionally. Yeah. Uh, but um, but yeah, we'll keep this is going to be, I think, a pretty regular segment on the show uh, through spring and then just roll it right into the into the regular season as we talk about um, sort of individual performances, who's trending up and who's trending down. Hell yeah, brother. All right. Um, hell yeah, brother. Well, we've got a bunch more to talk about. We got a pack show here. today, oh, brother. Man pack show uh but before we do we want to remind everybody that this show is listener supported on patreon if you've enjoyed the show and want to support its existence uh and the work that goes in to bring it to you every single week consider joining our patreon patreon.com slash talking about birds there are subscription levels at all sorts of price ranges 
hey, Mo, instead of $2 million for Brandon Crawford, you could have spent 75% of that and turned the show off. Boom. Arguably a far better use of your of your uh, of the DeWitt Arby bucks, um, but for us normies out there, uh, even the lowest level, uh, two bucks a month, you get access to our private Discord server. We call it the Bird Scored server. We call it the Bird Scored. We're having a great time in there. Uh, Jobo, longtime friend of the show, is now running a daily Cardinals trivia game, which has oh, yeah. Did only get- been uh, you missed today's band, but uh, it's only been going. Uh, for two days, but it's been a lot of fun. And um, we're about to fire. I've said this a, a number of times, uh, but we're about to fire up the uh, fantasy baseball league. Uh, we're going to do watch parties. We got a lot of fun stuff coming up. So uh, consider joining that. We appreciate everyone who has and everyone that is considering it. Uh, we'd also appreciate if you leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. That helps. Uh, ben, where can people find us online otherwise? Hey, I'm looking at the bird scored right now, and I don't understand why I'm not getting credit. I guessed Contreras and 117.4 miles per hour. The actual answer was 117.5. That is a hell of a guess. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to still feel like you're wrong somehow. What? Um, okay. You can follow us on Twitter at Talk About Birds. Uh, we're on Instagram at Talking About Birds. Uh, we got a TikTok. Check us out there. We got a Spotify. Actually, we're just on Spotify. We don't have Spotify, uh, but you can find us on there. Rate and review us there also. I think you can only rate us, so don't review us. Just give us five stars. Um, we uh, have a, a YouTube. <laughs> Sorry, I am discombobulated because I. I should be winning that. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot you were in there. I guess it's I just, just insane. you. It's completely yeah. insane. Um, okay. Uh, we're on YouTube. If you like to listen to your podcast on YouTube, check us out there. We're hard to find. Just do at Talk About Birds because our SEO is terrible. Um, you can find all of that information at TalkingAboutBirds.com. Uh, t-shirts, uh, Patreon, all that crap. You can email us questions to TalkAboutBirds at gmail.com. And as Nate said at the top, you can text us or call us and leave a voicemail at 848-48-BIRDS. That is 848-482-4737. That's right. And uh, shout out to Michael from Canada who uh, left a, or sent us a text message. Uh, he's contacted us a few times. Uh, this time uh, doing a just a deep Canadian bit um that was very funny i could barely read the text message because yeah so canadian um which i think is a bit but it's the type of bit that only someone who's actually canadian could do so uh kudos to that but he did uh ask for a little bit of help um we'll be traveling to denver for the cardinals series and was asking about fun and interesting things to do uh in denver when he's there for the series uh, which that series is in September. Um, so we're going to throw it on our calendar for an episode that's a lot closer to that series and give Ben a bit of a chance to give sort of an overview of the area around Coors Field and and what a good uh, good experience might look like. But I don't know, Ben, you want to give just like a 30-second teaser on, yeah. on some fun things to do around Coors? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about this. Uh, first off, avoid View House. You'll be lured into it. Don't go there. Um, in my opinion, Jackson's is the place to go, go up to the rooftop, get a pickleback shot, uh, get wasted, which uh, with a bunch of people in their twenties, you'll have a great time. Um, remember also, that you're at, um, you're at a mile high. And so, uh, man. 
alcohol hits you differently. That is true. Drink water and Gatorade. Uh, biker gyms. I think I've taken Nate to biker gyms, but yes. they're gourmet hot dogs and their uh, specialty uh, topping is caramelized onions and cream cheese. And you can get like a rattlesnake and a jalapeno hot dog with uh, uh, cream cheese and, and onions. And it's, it's very, very good. Their fries are also very good. Um, I think it, this is a little touristy, um, but you're a tourist. So I'd say lean into it. There is something that is uh, just outside of the field called McGregor Square. And it is essentially a massive outdoor bar with like a hundred foot TV, food, booze, all that stuff. Go there. It's where a lot of people hang out before the game. And then you can kind of file in or after the game, if you want to get lit. Um, but yeah, I, I think we'll dive into it more, but those are my super high level recommendations. And, um, you know, be careful out there. It's, it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of drunk people down there, especially during baseball season, but, yeah. um, Hey, we'll probably be at those games. So, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll talk more about that when that series is coming up in September. Um, but maybe we'll hunt you down and uh, uh, do some pickle shots at uh, Jackson's <laughs> together. Uh, well, yeah. Thank you, uh, Michael, for the for the message. And again, if anybody wants to ask us anything at all, you can text or call us 848-48-BIRDS. Anything. Uh, anything. Anything. We also received a really good email um sort of on the opposite spectrum from uh <laughs> michael's text um an incredibly well researched uh and interesting email from listener rob now he did share his last name i'm not going to dox him on the show but i just want to say i'm not convinced it's not rob manfred um just throwing it out there could be might be rob manfred but uh um, hey, rob uh he uh wrote to ask about the Cardinals versus left-handed pitching. Um, ben, do you want to give us kind of an overview on, on that? Yeah. So I'm going to do a, sh- uh, uh, really appreciate the email, Rob. Um, I, 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 this is something that I hadn't really thought about. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought it up. I'm going to paraphrase Rob's email. Uh, and essentially what he said was, uh, I was looking at the team's hitting versus left-handed pitching over the last three years, and I was surprised to find out that they nosedived in, produc- in production versus left-handed pitching last year. And what Rob displayed was that in 21, Cardinals were second in MLB in OPS versus left-handed hitters uh, pitchers with a 798. In 22, they were actually first in OPS with an 809. In 23, last year, obviously, they were 20th, uh, and their OPS was 718 against left-handed pitching. Um, and then he went on to ask, how important is the team's performance against left-handed pitching in 2024? Um, and I would say, you know, to simply answer that question, very important. The strength of this ball club is the offense. They need to pound everyone, basically, to keep up with their the runs that the pitching is inevitably going to give up. Um, but they have, so their best hitters are right-handed hitters, in my opinion. Um, and those guys are going to have to show up. So I wanted to dive into this a little bit more. Uh, The Cardinals actually had the fourth best hard hit rate against left-handed pitching in 2023, which is interesting. So they, it's not like they were just um, throwing away those at bats, Um, but diving into it a little bit more, I think we found out what the actual root cause of that low, that 20th rating uh, overall in MLB was left-handed hitters against left-handed pitchers for the Cardinals had an OPS of 702, which does not sound great, but it's actually 12th in MLB 
uh, and they only had 324 of those plate appearances. So Ollie was really trying to protect his guys from those at-bats, um, and they did okay. We know Nolan Gorman had a really nice year against left-handed pitchers. Uh, Brendan Donovan, when he's healthy, we know is good against lefties. So I don't think that was too stunning to, to note. Uh, Newt Bar, kind of the same guy. Um, not a ton of power, um, but they're not black holes. The right-handed hitters against left-handed pitching for the Cardinals had an OPS of 722, which is clearly better, but places them at 24th in MLB over well over 1,200 at-bats. Um, so what you need is your right-handed hitters to crush left-handed pitchers, and that just was not happening. So who do we blame, Nathan? Um, hmm. Goldie and Wilson. Manfred. Man- <laughs> Rob. Um, any Rob. Uh, uh, the Rob who wrote us, because if you hadn't pointed this out, we wouldn't have known it was a problem. And if you don't know it's a problem, is it a problem? The, I mean, the more testing you do, the more v- of the virus you're going to find. That's, so that's exactly what just I'm stop saying. testing. Yeah, it's so it simple. Exa- it's super simple. Um, <laughs> um, Goldie had a, a 124 WRC plus against left-handed pitchers last year. Wilson Contreras led the team with a 145 WRC+, plus, meaning he was 45% better than the average hitter against left-handed pitchers last year, which I don't think is very surprising. Wilson was awesome last year. I expect the same to kind of roll over uh, this year. Now, where we did have an issue was Jordan Walker, Nolan Arenado, and Andrew Kisner all had a WRC plus of 86 or lower. Um, which is, of course, below average. And you would expect at least those first two names to beat the hell out of left-handed pitching. And if that's your inclination, you're 100% right. Nolan Arenado has a career WRC plus of 139 against left-handed pitchers. So has historically dominated them. He's basically um, uh, never had a bad year against left-handed pitching until last year. Um, So... My assumption, especially what we were talking about with Nolan earlier, is that that he is going to turn that around and get back to his old ways and just absolutely destroy left-handed pitching again. Um, I am going to trust the back of the baseball card over one errant season. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, Jordan Walker, obviously, we have less data on him. But I went back to look at his split numbers in the minors. And in 2022... He had an 851 OPS against left-handed pitching. And in 21, he had a 1301 OPS against left-handed pitching. Now, that was only in 75 plate appearances because uh, he uh, uh, obviously didn't play that much. And there's just fewer plate appearances down there. But if you blend those two together, 851, 1301 against his paltry uh, WRC plus that he had last year, I'd like to assume that he's going to figure it out and that he's going to have a much better season against left-handed pitchers, but I think it's a question mark and it's something that we haven't seen him do yet. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, it's fair to question until he proves us. Otherwise I, uh, I didn't write this down, but when I was doing the research, I did notice that a good chunk of a, a non negligible chunk of uh, Jordan Walker's failures against left-handed pitchers last year were directly related to Justin Steele, um, who almost <laughs> won the Cy Young, who's the best pitcher for the the best starting pitcher yeah. for the Cubs. Um, so, you know, maybe Jordan Walker figures out Justin Steele. Maybe Justin Steele has Jordan Walker's number a little bit. Um, but I think that'll be really fun to watch when they play each other. Can Walker 
stop striking out against Justin Steele and uh, can Justin Steele get that cutter in on Jordan Walker and his big long arms. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, great breakdown, Ben, lots of, lots of content in there. I think, um, you know, at bats against left-handed pitching is, is interesting because it is an inherently small sample size right now as a group, we're talking about 1500 plate appearances or so that's not really a, a small sample size, but on an individual level, each one of these outcomes is a pretty small sample size. Yeah. And so I think it's not unlike, uh, our previous discussion about Arenado, you know, the Cardinals were really, really good at this in 21. They were, they were, I mean, they were elite at this in 21. They were elite, elite at this in 22. And then they were pretty bad in 23. So is this the uh, start of a new trend or is it a blip? And I think that's what a lot, like, I, I don't want to throw too much of, uh, you know, our, our projections and our analysis into that bucket. Cause you can kind of say that about everything with the Cardinals right. with how 20, how bad 2023 went. Is it a blip or is it, are the, are they just a team totally in decline? Um, but I think, like if I'm hedging, if I'm betting right now, I would bet a significant increase in this number in 2024, closer to the previous norms. Maybe not all the way back up to first or second, but I have to imagine Arenado is going to return to even, you know, halfway return to his former norm. You're an above average against lefty. And that's probably uh, an eighth of the total at bats against lefties are coming from Arenado yeah. uh, Walker. The same, like you said, we don't really know, but it's not like he's had these sort of splits in, in, in his entire career. So um, you expect somebody who's new to the league to, to take that adjustment period. So uh, I'm pretty confident that it won't be a problem again this year. Um, and I think you can chalk a lot of this up to, to the variance of small sample sizes, but it's something to keep an eye on. And it is something that I had not considered. I think even earlier this off season, uh, when we were talking about the Cardinals strengths, I'm pretty sure I said, well, they're great at hitting left-handed pitchers because they had been and hadn't really <laughs> yeah. dug into the numbers in 2023. And it is alarming. It, I mean, that's a, that's a significant decline, but there's, there's some really specific things to point to it, as to why it happened. It's a significant decline, especially for part of the team that hasn't really had much roster turnover, right? You are right. those 2023 hitters are coming right back. And a lot of those guys were the same guys in 2022. So what yeah. the hell? Yeah. Um, well, well yeah, it's, I mean, a lot of it's Arenado, right? I mean, yeah. frankly, like he goes from a 140 WRC plus to like a, a sub 80 like that. Yeah. Like he's he's getting the bulk of those at bats. He, you know, that's right yeah. at the heart of the problem. So and uh, the the path to resolving it goes right back through Arenado. Yeah. And uh, again, you know, not to just gush all over the man, but I think I, I'm just really betting hard on Nolan not having that season that yeah. he had last year. And I think this aspect in particular is the most keen to turn around and most likely to turn around yeah. um, because of all the things that we just talked about. But uh also cool. Good job, Rob. Like I, this is totally not on my radar and uh, yeah. I, I was happy to kind of dig into this. It was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. We really appreciate the time spent on it. And uh, Hey, if you're out there again and you have an idea and something you want to either uh, you do a Rob did, which is like do a full research and present it to us to, to discuss, or just if you have a topic or something you want us to dig in on, um, yeah. we're happy to hear it. Uh, did you see the, the Kisner bomb uh, with the Rangers? I did not. No. Oh man. He, he, 
Yeah, he crushed one for the Is Rangers. Pull side, backside. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pull side. Yeah. I'll have to go. I'll I'll look at that when we're done chatting. But good for him. I want Kisner to do well, and um, and and then we can stop talking about it. Um, y- did you see uh, Yvonne Herrera too? They're they're talking have about. You seen this? Have you heard about this? Have you have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Uh, getting completely off subject here. But yeah. first of all, I'm wondering what his splits are. Um, but I bring that up because um, I saw some reporting that the Cardinals are are really seeing the catcher position this year as a split duty between yeah. uh, Yvonne and Wilson, which is not that like that's not a crazy breaking news. Yeah, um, I think we kind of expected Wilson to DH some this year and it was going to be less of a backup than what we have, you know, we're typically used to, but I had not heard it really pitched as like splitting time. Yeah. Um, that's pretty different than like a, a heavy, uh, yeah. backup. I, I had not seen that. I do think it makes sense. And I kind of think you don't really have much of a choice to do that. I also think like we saw what Wilson's bat could be in the second half of last year keep that dude fresh, keep him, keep mm-hmm. him feeling good and keep him swinging the bat. Uh, Cause he is super dangerous at the plate and is a legitimate, you know, fourth or fifth guy in your, in your lineup hitter. And with the steps that Yvonne has taken recently, you can't really have him come up and just kind of, you know, grow mold on the bench. You have to be using him. Um, and I think load management is real load management for a catcher is real. The way I, I've always liked the method of saying, let's say for this particular situation, um, Yvonne is assigned two or three of the starting rotation. Wilson Contreras is assigned the other two or three and have having those guys focused on work. Like Wilson Contreras focuses on working with Miles Michaelis and Sonny Gray and mm-hmm. Yvonne works with, you know, whoever else I, I think, that makes sense from a load management, makes sense from a game planning, um, and it makes sense to have that relationship uh, with a catcher and pitcher, you know, uh, uh, should stay static. So I like it. I hope they're smart about it. And I think that Yvonne's going to hit enough to make this a no-brainer. I like it. Yeah. Um, I just can't wait for us to find ourselves in the uh, the, the the true elite roster construction situation of carrying three catchers. (laughs) Well, if he's a DH, if Wilson Contreras is DHing and Yvonne is catching and Yvonne gets hurt, you can move Wilson to the catcher position. And I believe you then lose the DH and Mm -hmm. you have the, the pitcher has to hit. But if that happens in the game, after the starting pitcher is out, it's really no big deal. You just pinch hit right. for that spot. Well, if you remember last early, year, we had three catchers for quite a while because yeah. of the concern well, of two catchers getting hurt in a game. And while I agree that that is a legitimate concern, I do not think you construct your roster around that. If that happens, you know, Brendan Roger or Brendan Donovan gets behind yeah, there and I we do. just try to get this game over as soon as possible. Well, I think that was, I, it's been, that feels like it's a decade been. ago. It's been. Uh, feels like that was a decade ago. But last yeah. year, it was, I think, after Brennan Donovan was hurt and they had Yvonne and yeah. Wilson. They had a, you know, we had Yvonne Wilson and 
uh, Kisner. Yeah. <laughs> all, all on the roster. Um, yeah. So, I, so. I, I really hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine a bench of, I don't even know. It'd be like Crawford, Carpenter, and <laughs> I don't know. Pies. Pies. Yeah. Probably pies. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would not be great, but <laughs> not impossible. No, but um, also like, hopefully Wilson and Yvonne are hitting enough that we're like, yeah, of course yeah. we're going to have, this is no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks again, Rob. Um, all right. Now we're going to, uh, move into a newer segment. Uh, we did this last year and we're happy to bring it back this year over the coming weeks. We are going to deep dive each team in the NL central and, uh, kind of give an idea of what the Cardinals could be in, uh, you know, facing yeah. um, in the NL Central. Uh, so we are going to kick it off. Are you? Were you? Are we working bottom up here? Is that the idea? Yeah. Well, we're yeah. starting with the Pirates. Uh, next week we will do the. I think it gets Reds, Brewers, Cubs, or is the way that we'll do this at okay. a week by week basis. Uh, bold prediction saying the Brewers will be above the Reds. Is that your? I, I'm just going off fan graphs right now. I don't. Ah, I don't th- okay. think I predicted that. But let me. Yeah. Let me. I'll double check while you're talking. Okay. Um. So yeah, we're we're starting off with the Pirates for this year, uh, which their projected record on on fan graphs is 77 wins and 85 losses, which would be a big step up from last year. And I think that's fair. The Pirates are a an interesting team going into 2024. They've got a fair amount of young talent. They're not the Reds, but they do have some young, interesting guys. And I think in general, we have liked the rebuild process that they've been going through. It's not been yeah. perfect, but um, you know, I think it's it's at least been thoughtful, if that makes sense. Well, I think what's really benefited the Pirates is that they haven't had all their high-end guys hit necessarily, but the ones that they have are like really, really talented players, game-changing players um, Mm -hmm. who could really, you you could see a world in which this this offense is driven by O'Neal Cruz and Henry Davis and Indy Rodriguez and uh, Jackson went like there, there is a world where these high end guys are really, really turning out to be not like good players, but all stars. Yeah. Yeah. They could hit this team can hit some bombs too. Um, O'Neal Cruz. Uh, I mean, what a, what a fun looking player uh, injury last year really destroyed that hype train. Um, but coming in this year, healthy, uh, it, you know, in the NL central, We've got some fun shortstops, uh, very different builds. We've got Ellie De La Cruz for the Reds, uh, O'Neill Cruz here, and then uh, Mason Wynn with St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, who will end up being the best shortstop? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think, you know, O'Neill Cruz has got to be one of the most wide variance players in baseball yeah. right now, especially with what you're talking about coming back from the injury. Um, but before there was Ellie De La Cruz, there was O'Neill Cruz, and he was yeah. the one that was taking the baseball world by storm. He is the one who can throw the ball a hundred miles an hour across the diamond, who can run in the top tier in baseball, who can hit a absolute bomb out of into the river and yeah. uh, at PNC. He is very exciting. Um, and I, I think him and Henry Davis are the two big stories, uh, you know, specifically around the offense 
for the Pirates coming into 2024. Yeah, Henry Davis came up last year, uh, played in the outfield primarily. He is also a catcher. Uh, it was uncertain as to whether he was going to get a lot of playing time as a catcher this year and what his real long-term position is. But uh, with a season-ending or likely season-ending injury to Indy Rodriguez, another top prospect for the Pirates, uh, Henry Davis is expected to uh, play a lot of catcher this year. And uh, he is he's one of those guys... Um, uh, I, I hate to compare him to someone like JT real Muto just because real Muto is so good. Um, but it's a similar profile. He's, he's not yeah. going to lead the league in home runs or stolen bases, but he might lead catchers yeah. uh, in both probably not home runs, but you know, uh, a catcher who could go 2020 is wildly valuable and uh, he's going to probably play catcher and outfield makes me think of like Dalton Varsho with the, yeah. uh, with the, Diamondbacks before he got moved full-time to the outfield. Um, you know, we see this sometimes with these hyper-athletic guys who can just sort of like deal with being a catcher while they're young, but eventually yeah. find themselves in the outfield because their bat is so good. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the arrows only pointed up for those two guys. Uh, I, I mentioned uh, Zach, uh, Jack Sawinski, who I think is going to be great. I, yeah. I'm a huge Cabrian Hayes fan. Um, right. He'll, I, I think he's going to start to lift the ball and he could start to be, he a had a bomb player. this spring. I, I'm, I do th like, I know he had some injuries and there's always like the post post hype sort of guys. He needs to work on that launch angle. Um, obviously the def defense there, the approach is there, but he, he just keeps hitting the ball into the ground. If he can find yeah. that adjustment, cause he's, he's got the bat speed and the exit velocity. It's just always down. So if yeah. he can get that ball up, um, he could really explode. Brian Reynolds is still a, a, an above average player. We'll see, you know, as long as he's healthy. Um, yeah. But moving on to the pitching side, there's there's kind of a new look here. Uh, we talked about this last week, but Mitch Keller signed a big extension. Uh, they'll have him for another five years. I think Mitch Keller, Keller is super underrated and has is a, a great starting pitcher. And I think the Pirates spent their money wisely there. Um, but they've also added Martin, Martin Perez, Marco Gonzalez in that weird trade. Bailey Falter was added last year uh, and will be one of their starters this this year. And Aroldis Chapman. So their their pitching is quite different than from what it was last year. And yeah. I expect it to be better. Not great, but better. Well, I think the Pirates, at least with Aroldis Chapman, are doing what everyone has been doing now, which is sign Aroldis Chapman in order to trade him at the trade deadline, assuming that he is good. Yeah. Um, the Royals got Cole Reagans. Yeah. What a steal that turned out to be. Aroldis Chapman, who immediately seemed to become one of the best young pitchers in baseball after that trade. And yeah. so I think the Pirates are, are, are saying, I'll have what they're having. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good it's point. It's smart, Nate. though. It's it smart. is. It is. I hate it. I don't like him. Yeah. Um, but it is a smart baseball move. Yes. Um, Kind of moving on, I I think really the big question mark for the Pirates, especially in this year, is when does Paul when does Paul Skeens come up? When is yeah. he a fixture in the major league rotation? And Quinn Priester, he got a cup of coffee last year, um, was okay, got battered around, um, but is he going to take a step forward? And also, is he going to be in the bullpen? Is he going to be a starter? Is he going to move? Um, let's say Luis Ortiz and Bailey Falter 
out of the rotation? Are these guys going to step up and, and take that spot? I think Paul Skeens, to me, it they're just manipulating service time until he comes up. <laughs> I think he could have been ready last year. That is how yeah. good he looks. Um, but Quinn Priester, a little bit more of a question mark. And uh, those guys are, are Skeens in particular. Um, he's going to be really, really good really, really quick, I think. Yeah. And this team starts to look a lot different with a true ace at the top of that rotation. Oh, yeah. And someone will be there for a while. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think I think the 77 and 85 uh, projection for this year, probably a little higher than I would have said for yeah. the the Pirates. But it does sort of showcase that this team should be better than last year. Yeah. Uh, and in general is on the rise. And uh, speaking of the right, like, I, I don't think Tamar Johnson is going to do anything in big league baseball this year, but he hit two home runs yesterday in yeah. spring training that were bombs. And um, yeah, he's, he's very he's on the rise, man. He's he a big is. time prospect. You know, so if, if you start to think about an infield of uh, Tamar, O'Neill, and Cabrian, uh, it's looking pretty dangerous. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I think last thing I want to say about the pirates, uh, uh, Johan Oviedo will be out all year getting Tommy John surgery. Obviously sad about that. Bummer. Um, yeah. Bummer. Uh, hopefully he comes back healthy, but yeah, I agree. I think that, um, I agree with you. I think the projection is probably somewhere close to right on. Um, if everyone can stay healthy, and we get 600 at-bats from O'Neill Cruz, and a couple of things go right. I think they blow this win record out of the water. Um, but I think as it stands, um, they'd be happy to get to 77. Um, yeah. And I think next year or the year after that is when we're going to actually start being afraid of the Pirates. I do think it is coming. I wonder what their internal strategy is with this. Like They, they know they can't win this year, so are they going to drag and delay like a Paul Skeens? Not just, it's not even, to me, service time manipulation. Because there are a lot of benefits now to starting a guy at the major league level, like yeah. out of spring. We're seeing that more and more because the new CBA. But I just wonder, like, do they want to win this year? You yeah. know, or do they want to keep stacking those uh, draft picks? It, it wasn't going well for them originally. And then recently, the past like three or four drafts they've had have gone yeah. really, really well. And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think easily the worst team in the enl central yeah um and even though they're i think their arrow is pointing up i think they're still behind the reds as far as arrow pointing up and probably also behind the cubs as far as arrow pointing up but they do have some like i i don't know of a player on the cubs that is as exciting as o'neill cruz no. you know uh so they or, or paul Skeens, frankly so they have this like high end quality that um, maybe, you know, the Cardinals match with Jordan Walker yeah. and the Brewers probably match with like Jackson Cheerio. Um, but after that, yeah. Uh, and to follow up you, uh, the, the way that the NL central projections look right now, because we left this hanging, it's pirates, reds, brewers, cubs, Cardinals, Cardinals still okay. at the top. You said it was Cardinals, Reds or Cardinals Brewers? Pirates, Reds, Brewers, Cubs. Then okay. the Cardinals are at the top. Okay. I'm going in reverse order. Yeah. That makes sense. 
Um, yeah, I think I I think yeah, this is probably one of those things you run the projections out a million times, and that one comes out the most. Yeah, but I bet there's like four other outcomes that are right below that. Yeah, uh, yeah nice I to see the Cardinals still on top. Cardinals especially are still after on top. a move that happened over the last week. Well, should I, what a great uh, yeah. transition. Let's yeah. let's get into league new, league news, shall we? Let's do it. Yeah, Cody Bellinger returns to the Cubs on a three-year, $80 million deal that includes opt-outs after each year. The salaries are $30 million, $30 million, and $20 million. Um, it's basically another pillow contract. Uh, what do you think, Nate? Uh, not surprising. You know, it worked really well for them last year. Um, I think the, the final contract itself is surprising. I think we all anticipated Bellinger getting a just... I don't know. I don't want to say legit contract because this is still $80 million, but this is clearly, this is like a gimmicky sort of thing, right? He could opt out after every year. So uh, I don't think this is what he was expecting. I'm sure the Cubs are happy with it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Like I, man, I would have been so happy if the Cardinals did exactly this, like (laughs) outfield log jam, be damned. I don't care. Like get, you know, this is a great deal, I think for the Cubs. And I hate that. Um, but uh, not the outcome that we were expecting from a contract standpoint. But I I don't know. I know there's a lot of uh, we've talked about this a fair amount, but there's a lot of concern about uh, Bellinger's underlying numbers. I think yep. you've hit that nail on the head and that he is not a guy that swings full force on every single swing. He actually has a, a plate approach that is also geared towards a higher average. And so that does reduce some of his batted ball numbers but it's more intentional than I think, you know, is he's given credit for. Um, but what do we know? No one seemed to want to sign him. So I, I guess he has to do it for another year. I, I do think that this, and I get it. Cody Bellinger has had uh, before last year. I mean, the guy was trash bad. Yeah. Um, he was bad in, uh, tw- he was actually bad in 2021. He was below average. Um, he was not a replacement level player in 2022. And then he made the changes and came over to Chicago. And, and like we, you were just referencing, he cut down his strikeout rate. He became a situational hitter. He still had some bombs. He still had some uh, uh, stolen bases. He still played great defensive center and was uh, a very solid first baseman. Um, and I think, I, I guess I get that teams want to see him prove that. Um but I am surprised. It's, it's almost like the nerds maybe got in the way a little bit on this one. I do think that I, I think he's going to have a great year for the Cubs. Um, and uh, if you're the cut, like this is you're getting a player in his age 28 season who was your best player last year for one year, 30 million bucks. That's yeah. Yeah. There's just no bad deal there. Uh, he'll, I bet he is their best player again this year. Um, and I bet the Cubs are good. So it's, it's a good deal for everyone, but Cody, I think I'm, I'm surprised he couldn't surpass this. And I almost wonder if like how much of this is on Boris kind of screwing up the reading of the market. It's, um, it's I strange. I would love some more insider knowledge about this whole thing Yeah, with Boris, you know, and, and like this deal cannot be what him and Cody Bellinger were. Well, we know it's not. No. We know this is not what they went into the offseason looking for. Um, 
I, I suspect it's going to still end up working out for him. I think he's probably going to have a great year opt out after this year and, and land. Uh, I don't know about higher than 30 AAV. It's actually pretty good for a single year for him. Uh, yeah. But I suspect he'll get, you know, something that takes him into his mid thirties. Right. With like the Phillies or something. Yeah. Oh, that would be interesting. Um, hmm, okay. Uh, moving on the Dodgers reunite with Kike Hernandez, one year deal, 4 million bucks, uh, corresponding move. They trade Manuel Margot to the twins. The Dodgers will receive shortstop prospect, Noah Miller, and the twins will get low minors infield prospect rain. Duncone, Duncan, Duncone, Duncone, uh, and cash to cover a portion of Margot's remaining contract. Um, Kike on the Dodgers is good. That's that's how baseball should be. I love Kike. He's a great personality. The Twins now have somebody to back up Byron Buxton when he <laughs> unfortunately gets hurt in center field. No, uh, man, this is the year. Oh, I want it so bad. I, I want it. We all I do. want just give me 140 games. Yeah. And that's all I need. Um, but uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. The twins are in this mode of like they are retracting salary, even though they are filled with like young, controllable talent. I hate it. Um, but yeah. this is probably a smart move. And uh, I don't know. I see uh, Manny Margot probably having a nice little productive bench player year. And, and Kike, like I said, Kike with the Dodgers is just how baseball should work. So it all, <laughs> it all kind of makes sense. Yeah. Uh, in that little bit of space where we saw the Cardinals. We knew the Cardinals were deep in the uh, infield market, um, but before Kike had signed, I saw some people calling for the Cardinals to sign Kike to play shortstop. And I do love Kike, but uh, I think it's probably better that he's with the with the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, in Ben Samorka news, uh, the Marlins have Great. signed Tim Anderson. Uh, shortstop. Um, we talked about this. This was kind of like a foregone conclusion last episode. It actually happened like less than 24 hours after we recorded. Yeah. Um, that means I'm up 5 million bucks to nothing in the, uh, big money free agent draft. Fazbunda. And, uh, yeah, I think a no brainer. Um, I I can't believe you got the 5 million for Tim Anderson. (laughs) Uh, I can't believe that's the only person that signed since we had our draft. I know. Yeah. What the hell? Um, I, I think Tim is going to have a good year down there. Um, I think there is a chance that him and Luis Arias do something really, really fun from the left and right-handed side of the plate in the middle infield there, and they combine for like 400 hits. Um, but uh, really, what I, I just really like Tim Anderson. I'd like him to find his stroke and and, and have a nice season down there. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about it last week, but what a downfall. Tim Anderson, one of the more popular players in the league, one of the better better offensive profiles in the league, everything pointing up, and then just utter collapse. Last year, he's never a power guy, but uh, last year in 524 plate appearances, one home run with a 60 WRC+. And he looks so good at the WBC. It is is confusing. And you might be thinking, oh, was he like, was there, was he unlucky or anything? He had a 323 bad bit, you know? Yeah. Now that's below his career average. He can, he's the type of guy who can sustain a higher bad bit, but still, like, that's not an unlucky bad bit. He just was bad. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it stinks. Maybe yeah. skip magic dust. Skip will, Maybe. skip will get him straightened out. He doesn't have to play the Guardians as much. 
so we won't have <laughs> Jose Ramirez, the like quietest possible future Hall of Famer in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm assuming his jaw has maybe healed Tim Anderson's yeah. from uh, that sure embarrassing okay. deck. <laughs> Um, final piece of news, Oakland fans organize a unofficial fans fest. The crowd drawed almost 20,000 people in protest of John Fisher and his idiotic ways. Um, and that story just continues to be such a cluster. I'll say it again. This is like Rob Manfred is a spineless puppet. Um, as I think we all know, but this is his biggest failure. I cannot believe we're, it is every week an embarrassing story comes out. Um, so good luck, but, uh, yeah. and good for you A's fans. That's, I well, think that's great. We didn't really talk about it, but he has announced that he will be stepping down at the end of his term. Yeah. In 2029. 2029. Yeah. yeah. Um, Steve, which... if the world is even still here, then that's, <laughs> that's way too far out for me to even contemplate. Surely by then we've impl- implemented multi-ball and that will be his lasting yes. legacy. <laughs> And you and I are on some board of trustees for uh-huh. baseball. Yes. Yeah. I've got a ball just, <laughs> it sank halfway into my eye socket. <laughs> he gave his life for this game. Multi-ball went terribly for Nate Heininger. Uh, rem- Do you remember the movie Rollerball? Uh, in that it existed. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Zero. I don't think I ever saw it. And there's two of them, right? There was one in the 70s and then one yeah. in the early 2000s, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Rollerball? I, I have. Very violent, very bad movies, but... Uh, hey, maybe but... that'll be our next watch party then. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, it, it is like if uh, Death Ball had like a $20 million budget. It is, nice. it is so stupid. Also, well, it's see, now that sounds great, Nothing to though. do with baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well... Maybe I'll check it out. Probably not. I watched uh, I watched The Ring for the first time. Cool. Yeah. It's I thought you'd be proud. I am. It's a classic. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, it's a I good actually, one. I actually liked it. I'm proud of you. <laughs> well, what do you want from me? I want more. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. It's a classic horror film. Um, uh-huh. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, Thank you. It's got a... Uh, it's very effective, um, yeah. and and you don't you don't really see a lot, but it scares the bejeebus out of you. It's uh, they do a great yeah, job. Yeah, I I think it being so baked into like cultural consciousness and also aped so much over the last twenty five years, there yeah. some of the imagery was like reduced as far as its scariness. But like I did really enjoy it. It was I was yeah. surprised at how much I actually did enjoy because I normally don't like these things, but um, I liked it. Well, we bad we horse scene, yeah. Rough scene for a horse. You don't you don't get a lot of bad horse scenes in movies. Wow. You know what um, I mean? Have you ever seen The Revenant? I have. I was thinking The Patriot. Uh, oh God. Yeah. Well, yeah. I the, guess there's the a Reven- fair amount of bad horse scenes. Yeah. <laughs> True Grit's got some bad horse scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah. The horse. Uh, they don't know they're acting. Poor that's guys. True. Um, bad horse is a character in the. Uh, the Neil Patrick Harris musical thing that they put out in uh during the strike. Uh, All right. Dr. Horrible. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. All right, anyway, moving <laughs> on. Uh 
So Nerd. this was a game we were going to play last week, um, but we punted it because of uh, of time. And we're we're pretty long on this episode. We got to figure out how to do episodes when there's actual baseball because these are these things are going to end screwed. up being like yeah. three hours long. Um, but uh, you know, baseball's coming up, and so you know what that means, Ben. I'm getting hungry. And so I I uh, did my my favorite my favorite thing, which is going to Google and just searching baseball food and clicking on the little news tab and uh, seeing what I could find. And I really wish I would have found this article about five months ago, but we're doing it anyway now. Uh, we're doing another edition of our favorite game, League Choose. All right. So this article from Sports Illustrated, it's called The Perfect... Oh, I didn't know you support AI creators, Nate. <laughs> Is SI, you think, this might have been AI generated. Did you not read about this? They fired everyone. Oh, I must. I probably did, but I forgot about it. Yeah, they, um, they fired everyone. Now every every article's this this one is probably old enough that it wasn't. But uh, yeah, don't support uh, Sports Illustrated. They were b- bought by like a uh, uh, conglomerate, uh, a private equity firm. Fired everybody, and is just a uh, masthead now. So okay, uh, screw them. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I yeah. I did not know that, but um, I thought this we one were pro least, labor, Nate. We are pro labor. So oh, uh, wow. this one was written by Stephanie Epstein. Um, that and that sounds like a real person, maybe. Yeah. Wait a second. A P S T E I N. Hmm. And wait, Stephanie. S T E P H A N I. She's got A I in her name twice. Nathan. <laughs> oh my. Wait. <laughs> Dumbass. Simorka. Okay. Uh, here's the, the article is the perfect Thanksgiving food to symbolize every MLB franchise. Oh, I hate this. The Rangers deserve to drink champagne at dinner this Thanksgiving. As for the rest of the league, well, there's something for everybody, even if it's salad. That's the headline. So the way this works is, um, we've got a, a food that is served at, uh, Thanksgiving dinner and then a team that. It's like best represented by that food. Okay. And I'm going to make this as hard as possible for you. I'm going to name the food and you have to tell me what is the, the team that is represented best represents this. uh, Yeah. So you get it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's start with deviled eggs. Classic Thanksgiving food. Is it? I don't like eggs. I'm not an I, eggs guy. I'm not a deviled eggs fan either, but a lot of people in my family like them, so they're always so around it. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but maybe that's part of the uh, the question here. So um, who was not really good and not really bad last year? I'll go give me New York Yankees deviled eggs. Your thought process is good. You're not right. I'm not actually expecting you to really get any of these, but it's an interesting thought experience or experiment. Uh, deviled eggs, the Giants. Eggs are pretty good on their own, but if you mess around with them enough, you can squeeze just a little more value out of them. Was this per? This is this person's job. They wrote this article. (laughs) I. I, (laughs) What are we doing? Yeah. 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 All right. Um, If I wasn't so pro labor, I would say it's a good (laughs) thing that SI got shut down. But I would never (laughs) say that. Okay. 
Um, stuffing. Stuffing. Okay, now stuffing is good. Um, everyone likes it. It's also, you know, it, it's it's not too high on itself. It's it's a it's a role player. Um, it's not turkey or anything like that. I'm gonna go with the team that won the central. Um, do I want to go with Milwaukee or Minnesota? I'm gonna go with the Twins. The Twins are like stuffing. Again, you're you're kind of close here. Here's what they wrote. I, I'm not. There's. I mean, yeah. How can I, I like kind of close? Yeah, a historically meaningful franchise that has gotten a little dry, and they put that for the Pirates. Well, you're making your stuffing wrong. Then Pirates are bad. <laughs> this that this. Ugh. Um. Okay. Uh, we'll do a few more. Yeah. Mashed potatoes. Mashed potato. Okay, that's a that's S tier side for me. Uh, up in here, I am going to say, I'm going to go with the Phillies. The Phillies were one of the best teams in baseball for a little bit. They have mashers. Um, mm, they, they, like they hit that. the ball over the wall. Um, Make, me so hungry. yeah, let's give me Philadelphia Phillies. Mashed potatoes, a Thanksgiving stalwart, but no matter how good it is, it's really not quite as important as the Turkey Red Sox. What? Mm-hmm. They were last in their division. I think I think it's like looking more like, you know, big picture. Mash, but you know, the Red Sox are a historic franchise. But oh, th- I thought you said this was relating to their 2023 performance. This is just a general thought. Yeah, well, it said uh, that they deserve the Rangers deserve to drink champagne, but um, you know. How how is uh I think it's a little bit of both. I'm gonna posit like, that this person who wrote this article has never seen a baseball game. This makes no <laughs> sense. Let's keep going. This is great. This is exactly how I expected this to go. Uh <laughs> green bean casserole. Uh okay, a big pile of shit that nobody wants to eat. Give me Oakland. <laughs> it's green. Green bean casserole, an iconic dish that might not be able to keep up with some of the new up-and-comers. Is it gonna be the Rockies? It's the St. Louis Cardinals. What? Yeah. Iconic, not keeping up. It's kind right. of fair. Kind of fair. I guess. All right, let's do First uh, losing season in like three decades, but okay. <laughs> I again think this person might just be an idiot or a troll. Um rolls. Rolls. Okay, let me just guess something completely random because this makes zero sense. Huh. A roll. It's really a Star Wars. Star, I can't even speak. It's a staple. It's a Star it's a, Walt. <laughs> it's a staple at every dinner table, just like uh, the Cincinnati Reds, who have been there since the beginning. Give me the Reds. Rolls. You can save whatever doesn't get eaten to make a Jake burger. Marlins. The f- <laughs> this. I'm. 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 Going from enjoying this to being mad, I am now. I think I'm a little mad at this game. I don't like it. Ah, uh, yes. All right. Um, turkey. Let's end on turkey. Okay. So, who's the best franchise in baseball according to a metric that makes zero sense? Um, this person could say the Yankees, uh, because they have the most championships. Uh, this person could say Baltimore because they had the most surprising and the most wins last year, or not second most wins. Atlanta, uh, they're always there, right? Wow. Um, they don't look like a bunch of turkeys to me. 
Um, but <laughs> the best franchise in baseball has to be the LA Dodgers. Uh, so let's see if this dumb, dumb idiot got it right. Uh, give me the Dodgers for Turkey. I actually like this one. Turkey, the current product may put you to sleep, but you have to admit it's not Thanksgiving without it. Yankees. So stupid. <laughs> I think like, my favorite part about this game is how mad you are. It's so stupid. Like, <laughs> it makes me think you don't understand what Thanksgiving is and what baseball is. It makes me think that oh, it, it makes me angry. Mm-hmm. Are we done? Uh, Yeah, we can be done. <laughs> God. <laughs> well, I think you lost. Good. Good. I want to <laughs> lose. That was the dumbest... All right, I'm fine. I told you last week that the game we had was particularly stupid, and it lived up to its uh, to the projections. This is one projection that was not wrong. Okay. Wow. It's All also, right. We're That's... so far away from Thanksgiving, this game makes I no sense. I almost saved it. I almost like bookmarked it for <laughs> November, and I was like, no, it's even dumber to do it well... in in february <laughs> well then the it would have been out of date how you know were the, were the yankees gonna be sleepy in 2024 oh, yeah it's a good point how, the how relevance we... yeah yeah so stupid um well that's gonna do it for this episode hambone uh hey happy leap day okay <laughs> you're just done vince clocked out <laughs> happy leap day nate thank you um we will be back next week with another episode we've got actual cardinal baseball to talk about i can't promise the quality of the show will improve but at least the the subject will be more uh relevant uh, more relevant than this article at least um (laughs) and uh yeah looking forward to a good spring training we're going to continue our nl central previews and start to deep dive into these individual performances and where we see the team going. Uh, We've got to do some of our regular season projections too and predictions. Um, So uh, if you have an idea for something for the show, something you want us to talk about, idea for the opening bit or a game, um, I got a cool uh, game suggestion from uh, Ryan on the Discord that we're going to do soon, on on the bird score that we're going to do pretty soon as well. Uh, It's no turkey Thanksgiving game, but you know, should be fine. Yeah. If somebody in the bird score wrote that article, I would I would remove them from the bird score. <laughs> All right. So uh, again, thanks everybody, and that's it. So until next week, go Cardinals. It's imported, Nate. It is not ass water.